Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule, but before we do, guys, we're jumping into a new book today, the book of Ecclesiastes, which is a very hard book to understand, so I had to ask you a question. Is there something that you just have a hard time understanding or previously had a hard time understanding? Yes. Yes. So (laughs) where where do you want me to start? I brought a whole list. (laughs) Wherever Uh, you want to start. Okay. So I remember in school, most things I picked up very easily and I didn't have to try very hard until I hit algebra and I genuinely did not understand what was going on. It just would not click. And thankfully it finally did. And I was like, Oh, that's what's going on he here. Still hasn't but clicked for but me. the whole the whole enterprise of doing math with letters did not make <laughs> sense to me for a while. Uh, the other one that was perplexing to me for a while was uh, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel, which starts off as a bridge and then it dips down into the water and becomes a tunnel and then it comes back up as a bridge and then it dips back down into the water as a tunnel. And the the first few times I traveled that, I could not understand how these tunnels were not filling up with water. (laughs) I have since figured it out, but back then it was was a tad bit perplexing (laughs) to me. An engineer, I am not. (laughs) (laughs) Is this okay? Is this safe? Clayton, how about you? Um, So... A little while back, my wife and I watched a movie called Tenant. So it's by Christopher Nolan. And normally we like his movies. They're like thought-provoking movies like Interstellar and Inception. And these ones that like kind of, you know, mess with your mind a little bit. But you watch them, you know, all the way through and maybe you watch them again and you kind of kind of figure it out. We watched this one thinking, okay, this is going to be really intriguing. We get to the end of it and I look over at Michelle and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to talk about this. And we both were like, it didn't actually make sense, did it? Like, no, like that actually is nonsense. Like this guy has made all of these movies and now he's just messing with us by making one that really is meaningless. Like it just, it's nonsense. So like, we, not even we worth thought, talking about. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> but he is talking about it. Yeah. yeah. And, but now we are, but like, we were like, should we rewatch it to figure it out sometime? Nah. Like we're just, it's not, no, it's not going to make sense. So, so, so the movie tenant tenant, you don't understand. Yeah. Or is there like a major plot hole? Or so there's just no point. So the 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 premise of it, and I don't know if this gives something away. It doesn't matter. The movie doesn't make sense. Yeah, don't watch it, right? It, uh, they have a way of making some things travel backwards in time while other things are traveling forwards in time. So there's like bullets that are going backwards and cars that are driving backwards and some people are going forward and backward in time. And it's tremendously confusing. And I I I don't think it's worth trying to figure out. So that was... <laughs> I wish I could go back in time and not have asked him the most previous question. <laughs> so if any of you have watched Tenant and you would like to explain to Clayton what he watched, you can email us at podcast at biblesavvy.com. <laughs> that would be hilarious it if someone be. emailed an explanation of this movie. <laughs> that would be great. Nikki, what's your thing? Uh, well, similar to what Eric said, math, like some some forms of math, I just don't get specifically algebra, anything with letters. One of my best friends, she's got uh, a high school kid and a middle school kid, and they will literally sit at the kitchen table and do like math wars, just throwing letters at each other. And I'm just like, that's not math. It's like, you no, don't, it's the one with the numbers. You don't do math with letters, you do it with numbers. So to me, that's, I still have it. It still hasn't clicked for me. You know what else I don't understand? What? Running marathons. Oh, seriously. Oh, yeah. I can't do that. We need someone to email us that too. Yeah. Tell us why in the world you would run that far. Yeah. Well, it's like the it's like from last week that proverb where like too much of a good thing is not a good thing. That's like, right. Running's fun for a little while. 
But 26 miles, is it, is it's it, never. Is Run, it good for a little while? <laughs> no, running is only fun if there's a ball and a scoreboard involved. Like there's I, a point to your running around. I would agree with that. I would agree running with that. Running as the point in and of itself makes zero sense to me. It's meaningless. And now all of the runners that listen to this podcast <laughs> are, are gonna be so getting internally <laughs> agitated. And that was what I was trying to do. Uh, we're sorry. We love you. I feel a little extra, all right. a little extra punchy today. Clayton, take us into this passage. <laughs> all right. So we are in a new book of the Bible. We're in the book of Ecclesiastes. This is one of the wisdom books in the Bible. And wisdom books are really about how does life work well and what's the meaning of it and 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 kind of what's the point of all this. And the wisdom books, so they're the the main ones are Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, Job, uh, sometimes Psalms gets thrown in there and Song of Songs. Um, but Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job are they all kind of work well if you have read all of them. They kind of are in a conversation. And so if you look at Proverbs we that we already read, Proverbs is a pretty confident book. It says, here's the way things work. If you understand this, if you know how to apply these principles, life can go pretty well for you because wise living works. And so there's a certain sense of God made the world in a certain way. If you if you get in tune with that, if you get in tune with God, like things can go well. Job, which we read a little bit earlier, says, yeah, but sometimes even the people who do the right things really suffer. And so there's kind of a, like a like a counter story here of like, yeah, but there's more to the story. Ecclesiastes is sort of like this. Ecclesiastes is like, yeah, you know what? It works most of the time, but you still die in the end. And so uh, in some ways it's saying like in the short run, some things can work and other things maybe not so much, but in the long run, it's, it's kind of elusive. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to put your, your, get your hands around life. Um, even if you can figure out a situation in the big picture, what does it mean? And what, what, where do you find purpose and how do you live in light of something that is, is so, um, inevitable like death? So, um, this is a, this is an interesting book. It's a different tone than you might be expecting from the Bible. Uh, but it, there's some good reason that it's in here. So we're going to start reading, uh, in, uh, chapter one here and we'll, uh, we're going to get actually back into the comma method, the actual comma method that this whole podcast is built around. We weren't doing it so directly in Proverbs, but we're going to do, uh, let, why don't we review it before we jump in? Okay. Yeah. So we've already done C, which is context. O is observation. The M is message or meditation in either order. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we end with a, which is application. All right, so we're going to go through that process. So let's read, and then we'll make some observations. Okay. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, and yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was already here long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. 
I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. And what a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, look, I've increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I've experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. All right, let's start with O, which is for observations. What did you guys see in this passage? Okay, so what I saw was, I mean, it's, it's just nothing, uh, you, you see everything like limit, we're limited in everything. Like we're such limited, finite people. Uh, essentially, everything we do is effectively going to come to an end. So what's the point, right? Like you said that, but like really getting into it, like... <laughs> So much repetition, and none of it matters. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going and going and going. World moves on without you. Yep. Yeah, that's one of my observations. It moves on without you, and it forgets you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the mark that you make w- will go away at some point. At some point. Uh, no one remembers the former generations. Yeah. I, I look at uh, the kind of the end of the chapter and it talks about wisdom, you know, kind of zeroes in on the topic of wisdom being one of the things that is meaningless. And it's interesting because the, uh, you know, we don't get the name of the the person who's writing here, the teacher, the son of David, King in Jerusalem. So you're, you're, it's pointing at Solomon, you know what I mean? The guy, the guy who's wise and we've got a bunch of his wisdom in Proverbs. And at the end of the day, he's saying, uh, yeah, but there, there's a limit to this. It, it, it somehow doesn't pay off ultimately, uh, to, to know all the things and to have it all figured out. Um, you know, like this is chasing after the wind, uh, that he's got there. So there's something, uh, unsatisfying and not ultimate about wisdom, even if you live life well. Yeah. So if I, if I inserted a parenthetical reference into a verse, like if I added to the Bible here, it would, it would be this in verse 16 says, I said to myself, look, I have increased in wisdom wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. Now, Eric's inserted parenthetical reference. And you actually read a bunch of my Proverbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've experienced much wisdom and knowledge. And then he's saying, pull it back, big picture at the end of the day. What the heck is the point of all of this? Yeah, yeah. One, one thing that's uh, worth noting, the, the word meaningless, that re- repeated word there, um, this is a. Uh, this is probably in the footnote. I didn't turn the page to to see w- what we got here, but um, the the Hebrew word there is hevel, and it's a tricky word to translate. So it's usually translated meaningless, but it can also be translated something like vapor, or or uh, not necessarily breath, but that that idea of like a kind of a mist or a, or a breeze that's passing through. And the idea there is it's something you can't grab onto. It's always kind of elusive. It's you can't you can't like grab the wind, right? Um, and so when when it uses the image of chasing after the wind, it's kind of an expansion of that idea. So it's more than saying there's, it doesn't make any sense. It's all, it's saying it cannot be grasped and pinned down and ultimately made to kind of fit in your box is some of it. And it's also something that you can't hold on to permanently. The, the, the long-term effects aren't something you can kind of like uh, 
nail down and claim. And so there's something about the elusiveness of life, the, the, the fleetingness of life that nullifies all of these good things. In verse seven, if I go to the, the water example here, all streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. I think he's talking about like the water cycle there, right? Because you have streams flowing into the sea and it says to the place the streams come from. The streams don't come from the sea, right? So you have to have water evaporating and then it comes back down in rain. And so it's talking about the the water cycle. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's another picture of the machine of the universe that God has created of which we are all a part. And he's looking at all of it going, yeah, I know I'm a part of this, but what the heck is the point? Something that I, it actually made me laugh. Um, verse nine and 10, it says, uh, well, verse nine says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Um, is there anything of which you, one can say, look, this is something new? Um, what I find really, uh, I find it kind of funny is we'll say, take like today's style, right? <laughs> Let's just take today's style. The, clothing or clothing, music? Clothing, clothing style. style. Let's say clothing style, okay? Um, everybody's like looking at this like it's a new style. And I know very well that like that 90s grunge look was what was out when I was growing up. Like I could have just kept my clothes from when I was a kid if I would still fit them. And I, I like I'd be in style, right? Um, nothing. Everything cycles. The high-waisted pants. Like my parents <laughs> wore, wore the high-waisted pants. I can't stand them, right? Like it's... It For all of you cycling. who wear high-waisted pants out there, Clayton and I love you. Nikki has a problem <laughs> with you. He's got a problem with I, yeah, my, my I, I, They're fine on other people. I just, they're just super uncomfortable to me. My 20-year-old niece who lives in our home uh, comes in and she's, she's like, yeah, I just went to this vintage fest and we bought all of this, these great clothes. And she like shows it and it's like, this is, this is literally what we wore in high school. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, this is what has happened to us. Yeah. So like even, even something as like simple and practical as that, right? Like clothes, the clothes we wear, uh, it's just... It's just something old that's disguised as something new. Yeah, and there there is something. Uh, it it's it's humbling mm-hmm. for us to recognize. You know what your great idea and the thing you just thought you figured out or you know made happen. It's not. It's it, it puts you in your place a little to be like in the scope of things. You're not the only one who's figured that out, and you you're not the only person who will ever pull that off in, in the future too. And in the long run. It, it might not it might not be as big a deal as you think. I, I also look at verse eight and um, the, it says, all things are wearisome more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing nor the ear is full of hearing. There's a, there's a lack of satisfaction. Like the pursuits of life, they, they promise so much. Like we expect, like this is going to finally feel like, ah, all right, I, I, I grasped it, I got it. And again, it's elusive. It's it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't bring the like rest that you hope for. Um, whatever it is, fi- you know. In this case, we're talking about wisdom, like figuring out how things work. Well, guess what? That's not going to make you feel like, all right, I got it all in- under control. And you know, you read on in Ecclesiastes, it looks at other things, work and pleasure and different things that you say. These are all good, but it it's never enough. And so there, there's a lack of satisfaction there. Verse eighteen, just going off of what you said, Clayton says, "For much wisdom comes much sorrow." then more knowledge, the more knowledge, the more grief. Like 
the whole point, though, of reading these wisdom books is to gain wisdom, right? Like it's supposed to help us out, right? But with more wisdom is going to come more sorrow and more grief. Yeah. So there's a sign in my kitchen that says, I don't understand, but I also don't care. So it all works out. <laughs> there, 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 is, there is something to be said for ignorance is bliss. It, yep. it is true. The more you're aware of, the more you yep. understand what's really going on in the world, it, it, it can get heavy. Yeah, yeah, it does. There, there is a paradox here. There is a tension. Mm-hmm. And this is actually important when we're talking about wisdom. Um, it's not a simple kind of like, and then I figured out one thing and it solves all, not one tool for all things. Um, there are tensions in in this. And to say wisdom is going to lead to someplace good. I read Proverbs. And yet wisdom might also increase my my grief and my lament over the world and the sorrow that I see, understanding how things really work. You understand some really sad things. And it may also lead to uh, dissatisfaction of saying, I see a way things could work. And yet it doesn't, it's not working that way. People aren't being wise or they, or it's not going to last. Even if, you know, I, I got it together and then the next generation, it wasn't. So um, there is, there is something uh, about the good of wisdom that still comes with a cost. You know, my observation, my last observation is verse 13. It says, I applied my mind to study and explore by wisdom. All that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. And so here you have you have an you have an appearance of God, a recognition of God that this writer is trying to observe everything that's going on in the world that God has created and he's he's acknowledging this is hard to figure this all out and to grasp wisdom and just like we were talking previously when you start to understand what's really going on in this world, it can be a heavy burden. Life itself acknowledging of the good and the bad that's going on all around you. But, but basically my observation is he's acknowledging God in this verse. I've got one last observation as well before we go on to uh, the first M and comma. And that's that phrase under the sun. It comes up several times, verse three, verse nine, uh, verse 13, verse 14. Uh, it's gonna come up a, a bit more in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I actually think there's something important about that phrase under the sun. Um, it's saying here in the world that we live in, um, but it also suggests that there may be, um, be something beyond that. So part of, the, part of the thing that Ecclesiastes is doing is saying, if this is all there is, if it's the short life that you live and the world, you know, just as, as we see it, um, th- that is a place where you find meaninglessness, where you can't grasp how things work and what, why they're there and all that sort of thing. It, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes does not fully explain what's beyond there, but it keeps gesturing saying, if all you got is under the sun, uh, this is where you're going to end up. You're going to end up only with this conclusion of it being meaningless. So maybe just maybe there's something above the sun Mm. that we should all consider. Hmm. Mm. Use your index finger Mm. and tap the side of your mouth. Mm. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the first M in comma. Uh, Today we are going to do message, which is where we try to sum up something uh, that we've learned from the passage in a, a, a principle. Can, so I, can I just say that what just happened might be the weirdest, most awkward moment that we've had in three seasons of this podcast? <laughs> the, 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 yeah. The, hmm? <laughs> you really think that's the weirdest thing that's really? happened? That was a pretty odd moment. Not going to lie. That was I, odd for you. I, 
wasn't weird for you guys. No. If you're if you're listening and you've got a, a weirder moment that's happened, you can you can let us know by emailing us at podcast at biblesavvy.com. Wow, is that the first time that Clayton ever teed that that's up? That's right. And I just set it up. And I just did it last week too. Wow. wow. We're just doing so great. Look at what happens. We're this so is the great. third year. This is the third year we've done this. We're we're branching out. So uh, let's talk about message. Uh, what message do you get out of this? Uh, for me, I said with God, our repetition can be meaningful. Um, so if we are, I think it's just that idea of like approaching the day to day without having some sort of purpose and like long-term, like future existence in mind, like having this, this hope and this future that God has put in our, our, our past and, and the purpose that he's put in our lives, um, the day in, day out, getting up, going to work, like, you know, coming home, going to school, all of these things over and over and over and over again, it has, it can be meaningful if we know where we're headed. My message is what I think chapter one begs you to ask, which is what's the point? And so if I was just sitting, sitting at home doing my Bible study in the morning and I was reading this chapter, I think that's what I would end up writing down. Um, it, that's a good question to ask. What What is the point of my life, of what I'm doing? So that's that's my message. It's actually a question. Uh, my message is uh, trying to get at that, uh, that, you know, va- life is a vapor, meaningless, meaningless. Um, and it's it's a realization you can't figure out or control life. And I, I say that kind of in a, in a way that it sounds like, oh man, that's kind of bad news. Uh, but I actually think there's a, a good news side of this. So there is a there's a certain kind of like, okay, yeah, we want to be able to figure th- things out and and have all that meaning. But there is a certain um, like l- honest limitation of saying, actually, this life can't be all figured out and controlled. But there's also a good news side of that, which is um, you don't have to. Um, there is there is something about Ecclesiastes that says, let's recognize that we're human beings and that we don't have to be <laughs> the person who like figures out the whole big grand scheme of things. Like we're, we're people who come and go very quickly and the world keeps moving. Uh, that the end of your life is not the end of the world. It's going to like keep, ha- keep happening. And it's okay to say, so I've got this life. So I've got this moment. I have this l- limitation on me and I can embrace that and not feel the burden to have to have all the rest figured out. Um, there's something freeing uh, about that permission. Um, even if it comes with a little bit of uh, grief of saying, but I, but I do want to know how it all works out, you know? And that means it's time for your comma tip of the week. Sometimes we can be so focused on getting something out of our Bible reading for our lives that we miss something incredibly obvious. The Bible isn't primarily about us. It's about God. We get to be a part of the God story, but we're not the point of the God story. So, Look for God in your Bible reading. When you're making observations from your Bible reading for the day, look for God. What does this text tell me about who God is or what he is like? And that will be a little bit more difficult in the book of Ecclesiastes. But nonetheless, this is your comma tip of the week. Very nice. There we go. There we go. All right. So we're going to move on to meditation, which is challenging in a book like Ecclesiastes, because normally when you meditate, uh, if you, you like pick a line from it, you usually are trying to say, I want something that kind of like can fill my heart and soul, you know, really kind of encourage or, or challenge me in a good way. Um, here at the beginning of the book of Ecclesiastes, it's doing a little bit of the breaking down rather than the building up. So we're, you're going to have to 
embrace the journey of this one. Uh, but here's the here's the passage that I want you to take a moment to to kind of uh, pray about. Okay, so this is I'm gonna uh, read uh, two verses. Uh, they're not back to back here, but they're in the that opening poem in in Ecclesiastes, verse nine and verse eleven. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Take 45 seconds, prayerfully ponder that passage. Talking about the A in comma, which is application. What do we do? How do we respond to this? Uh, well, based off of my message with God, our repetition can be meaningful. Um, you know, when I think of the routine, we'll say, that my day-to-day brings, um, I can quickly see how complacency can, like, play a big part in it. Just, you know status quo kind of, you know, lax. And, um, for me, it's, it's trying again to, to, to remember, like God has given me specific gifts and a specific purpose to fulfill here. And, um, even though my day to day might look routine, like how can I find ways to make sure that I'm not just, I'm missing moments where he's, um, wanting me to approach a situation differently or wanting me to, uh, to have a different kind of uh, vision or uh, whatever it is, just just make sure that I am uh, being mindful of the fact that even though this is something I do day in and day out, God has specific purpose in it, and He He wants to use me. So how how do I make sure I'm making the most of it? Basing my application on my message, which was a question: What's the point? And looking at that verse, it says, what a heavy burden God has laid upon us. And if I'm sitting there trying to, how do I apply this? This writer's asking a lot of questions about the meaning of life. He's looking at everything humanity does and everything that's happening in the world under the sun. And he's trying to figure out what's the point. Is there meaning? Then he says, what a heavy burden God has laid on us. So God has put this on us. He put us here in this world and he's put it on us to figure it out, to live our lives. And so my application is, regardless of the details of how I answer the question, what's the point? God somehow has to be a part of the answer. So, so when I'm perplexed, confused, my application is just remember that somehow when you're perplexed and confused, that God has to somehow be in your answer. Uh, my application, so you know, my message was, uh, you, you can't figure it all out or control life. Um, my application is in some ways to take it down a notch, to say, um, I, I can speak for myself, but I also know lots of people like this. Most, most of what we do during the day is trying 
keep things under control and, you know, exert your, you know, like how, like, let, let me get done the things I want to do and let me, you know, push forward the agenda that I have or whatever. Um, and there is a certain pressure to say, can I do it? Can I pull it off? Can I accomplish? But to take it down a notch and say, you know what? It's okay to live a human scaled life and say, I don't have to be in control of everything. I can let God be in control of that. Um, like when we ask what's the purpose and what's the, you know, wh- where's the meaning and the answer has to, is something above the sun. Um, we can, we can let God carry those things and not have us have to do it. Uh, so there's a certain amount of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to put those things in God's hands and not have to be, uh, the, the one who's got it all figured out. Um, and, and kind of come humbly into life and also come with a, a certain sense of scale of like, here, here's what I'm here to do. I'm, I'm a limited person and that's okay. That's, that's actually what I am. I don't have to be God. I can be a human being. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week. Join us next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the reading schedule. In the meantime, if you're not following along, you can check out BibleSavvy.com to download it. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast.biblesavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week. Oh, what's the point? (laughs) 